All healthcare professionals participating in this podcast are paid consultants of Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision Incorporated. The content of this podcast represents the views and experiences of the speaker and not Johnson & Johnson and is intended for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The data and opinions presented by Dr. Manchi in this podcast are his own. The data presented are not from a Johnson & Johnson vision-controlled study unless otherwise noted. Product indication and safety information will be available at the end of the episode. Welcome to this episode of Fine Tuned. My name is Rana Jaraha, and today we will be speaking with Dr. Edward Manchi, the Director of Cornea and Refractive Surgery at Byers Eye Institute at Stanford University. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Manchi. Thank you for inviting me, Rana. Modern LASIK procedures take advantage of exceptional technology. Let's start with some of the improvements that you feel have been most impactful for patients and surgeons. There are a number of impactful technological advances Use of feptosecond lasers for flap creation has reduced the incidence of flap complications dramatically compared to mechanical microkeratomes. This is especially true when looking at novice or inexperienced surgeons. Complications such as buttonholed LASIK flaps are rarely seen with femtosecond laser LASIK flaps compared to mechanical keratomes. Perhaps more importantly, the femtosecond laser creates uniform planar flaps of very accurate and reproducible thickness, which affords better biomechanical stability. Wafer-guided technology, including autocentration, iris registration, pupil centroid shift compensation, has been a revolutionary change in laser vision correction. With wafer-guided technology, we are able to precisely measure refractive error using an objective measuring device. This allows for greater precision of the outcomes than when we relied on subjective four-opter-based measurements. This is especially true for astigmatism. An additional benefit of iris recognition is safety. Iris registration virtually eliminates the possibility of wrong eye or wrong patient treatments. Although these cases are exceedingly rare, use of iris registration allows for additional safeguards against this type of complication. So let's dive into the particulars of wavefront-guided and wavefront-optimized laser refractive treatments. Can you explain the difference between the two? Sure. Wavefront-guided technology uses a non-contact laser that projects a pattern into the eye. The laser passes through all of the ocular tissues, including the front and back surface of the cornea and the lens, and then is reflected back off the retina. The image is then captured on a charge-coupled device. The distortion of the projected pattern is then analyzed using Fourier reconstruction to design a treatment pattern for the laser ablation. The ablation addresses both lower order aberrations, which are sphere and cylinder, as well as higher order aberrations, such as spherical aberration, coma, and trefoil. Wavefront optimized technology utilizes a four-opter derived manifest refraction and combines it with the peripheral corneal curvature to design a treatment pattern. The wafer-optimized system compensates for the less efficient tissue removal from the peripheral cornea. This is known as the cosine effect. The laser hits the cornea at an angle, so some of the laser energy is reflected rather than causing tissue ablation. Extra pulses are delivered to the peripheral cornea to compensate. This helps preserve the cornea's natural aspheric shape. You studied wavefront-guided versus wavefront-optimized with Dr. Joshua Rowe. Can you tell us about the three parameters where there was a difference between the platforms? Of course. 
Both platforms had excellent clinical outcomes. However, the Wavefront Guided showed superior outcomes with regards to uncorrected distance visual acuity at the higher levels of visual acuity of 2012.5 or better. The Wavefront Guided also showed significantly greater gains in corrected distance visual acuity and demonstrated significantly better outcomes with regards to both 5 and 25% best corrected low contrast visual acuity. What do you find is the advantage of Wavefront Guided versus Wavefront Optimized and Wavelight Contoura? There are a number of advantages of Wavefront Guided over Wavefront Optimized and Topography Guided LASIK. As noted in our recently published study, Wavefront Guided has better outcomes in a number of categories compared to Wavefront Optimized. One big advantage of Wavefront Guided over both Wavefront Optimized and Topography Guided ablations is that the refractive error is objectively measured by the aberrometer and is not based on subjective manifest refraction. We use the subjective refraction to verify the wavefront guided aberrometry generated sphere and cylinder, but base our treatments on the objective measurements. This allows for very precise measurements of refractive error. For me, the major advantage of wavefront guided over topography guided ablations is the ease of use. The iDesign Wavefront Guided System is fast, accurate, easy to use, and provides fast patient throughput. The topography system is time-consuming to use for the preoperative workup as well as the planning for the treatment. As I mentioned earlier, the topography guided treatment uses the four-opter-derived manifest refraction combined with the corneal topographic measurements. Can you share with us the specific advantages you've seen with the iDesign versus WaveScan? The iDesign provides extremely accurate measurements of refractive error. This is especially true when dealing with cylinder. Multiple scans provide measurements that are tightly grouped with regard to cylinder, axis, and magnitude. Another nice feature with the iDesign is the ability to adjust the spherical component lower. I believe up to 2.5 diopters compared to 0.75 diopters on the wave scan. This allows us to perform monovision treatments with the wavefront guided ablations. Have you been able to use the eye design topography enhanced wavefront guided procedure for difficult or highly aberrated eyes? If so, how does that compare to Contora? I see a relatively large volume of patients with keratoconus in my practice, and I routinely image them on the eye design. We can almost always obtain readable images on the eye design, whereas we would not be able to do so with the wave scan. I also see a fair number of highly aberrated eyes after previous keratorefractive surgery. We can now obtain high-quality, reproducible images of these eyes using the eye design. This was not the case with the previous WaveScan system, where many highly aberrated eyes could not be adequately imaged. The contour can also obtain high-quality, reproducible images of highly aberrated eyes, so it is quite useful in these cases. Okay, and with what platform do you get the best post-operative visual acuity? I achieve my best post-operative visual acuity outcomes with the iDesign Wavefront Guided Platform. We can achieve comparable results with the topography guided system, but do not use it as often due to the laborious process to obtain and plan treatments. A significant percentage of my refractive patients undergo PRK surgery, and I have been using the iDesign for this since its initial release. J&J Vision received approval for the iDesign for PRK with results of 92% of eyes achieving 2016 vision at six months, and we have found similar results in our patient population. So I know that on occasion you still perform wavefront-optimized procedures. What would make you choose to perform a wavefront-optimized procedure over an eye design procedure? 
I use iDesign Wavefront Guided in the majority of my cases. I use Topography Guided in a small minority of cases. I rarely use Wavefront Optimized Treatments. On occasion, I will use a Wavefront Optimized Treatment when treating an eye with a multifocal or trifocal IOL that has residual refractive error after cataract surgery. What are the drawbacks of not treating higher order aberrations during LASIK? And what are the advantages of treating higher order aberrations? At the very least, we don't want to induce higher order aberrations when performing LASIK. And I see no reason not to try to target higher order aberrations and reduce them if possible. Some higher order aberrations can contribute toward visual phenomena such as halos, which is especially true in highly aberrated eyes with residual refractive error. By addressing these aberrations with wafer-guided retreatments, we can reduce or even eliminate the side effects for many patients. Are you able to use iDesign Refractive Studio with spot-based topography as a screening tool in your practice? And how does this compare to the topolizer? The iDesign RS with spot-based topography is another useful tool that I use in addition to standard Placido disk-based topography and Shineflu-based tomography imaging. All patients are screened using the iDesign in my practice. We do not routinely use the topolizer as a screening tool in our practice. Okay, and under what circumstances would you choose SMILE versus LASIK? Wafer-guided LASIK and SMILE are both excellent procedures yielding comparable refractive outcomes. I am just wrapping up a prospective randomized contralateral eye-to-eye comparison study of patients undergoing wafer-guided LASIK in one eye and SMILE in their fellow eye. We found comparable outcomes between the two groups, but there were a number of exceptions. Wafer-guided LASIK affords a very rapid return of high-quality, uncorrected distance visual acuity compared to SMILE surgery, which can take several days to weeks compared to wafer-guided LASIK. We also found significantly better, best-corrected 5 and 25% low-contrast visual acuity with wafer-guided LASIK compared with SMILE surgery. In addition, there were greater gains in corrected distance visual acuity in the wafer-guided LASIK group compared to the SMILE group. Lastly, we had significantly greater number of eyes achieving an uncorrected distance visual acuity of 2012.5 or better in the wafer-guided LASIK group. I still perform wafer-guided LASIK in the majority of cases. I discuss wafer-guided LASIK, SMILE, and PRK with all of my patients and let them decide what they would like to do. Hmm. And where do you see SMILE going in the future? What are the advantages and disadvantages of the procedure today? SMILE is an excellent procedure that will stand the test of time. It has the advantages of a small incision with less postoperative denervation and dry eye in the early postoperative period. There are a number of published papers in the peer-reviewed literature showing better biomechanical stability of SMILE. However, some disadvantages of SMILE include the slower recovery of uncorrected distance visual acuity and the fact that there is currently no way to enhance a SMILE surgery with an additional SMILE surgery if necessary. I think we are in the very early stages of the smile surgery evolution. Right now, there is only one manufacturer with a system to perform smile surgery. I know that many of the major ophthalmic companies are working on launching their own smile platforms. The addition of new machines and technology will help advance smile more rapidly. All right. So the $10,000 question is always, if a family member needed to have refractive surgery, what procedure would you perform? Depends on the refractive error, but in the vast majority of cases, I would recommend wafer-guided LASIK surgery. This is the most refined technique with the best clinical outcomes in my hands. 
Dr. Manchi, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise with us today. To our audience, please be sure to tune in to our next installment for insights from leading experts. Indications and important safety information for the STAR S4 IR Eximer laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio Wavefront Guided LASIK and Monovision LASIK treatments. Indications The STAR S4 IR Eximer laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio is indicated for Wavefront Guided Laser Assisted In Situ Keratomaloysis LASIK to achieve monovision by the targeted retention of myopia, minus 1.25 to minus 2.0 diopters, in the non dominant eye of presbyopic myopes. 40 years or older who may benefit from increased spectacle independence across a range of distances with useful near vision with myopic astigmatism up to minus 6.0 diopters spherical equivalent as measured by iDesign Refractive Studio with cylinder up to minus 3.0 diopters and a minimum preoperative myopia in their non-dominant eye at least as great as their targeted myopia with an agreement between manifest refraction adjusted for optical infinity and iDesign Refractive Studio refraction as follows. Spherical equivalent magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopters cylinder magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.50 diopters, cylinder access. If either the manifest cylinder entered into the iDesign Refractive Studio or the iDesign Refractive Studio cylinder selected for treatment is less than 0.50 diopters, there is no requirement for access tolerance. When both cylinders have a magnitude of at least 0.50 diopters, the access tolerance is linearly reduced from 15 degrees 0.5 diopters to 7.5 degrees 7.0 diopter or greater. Based on the average magnitude of both cylinders, with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 0.50 diopters in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination, and with a successful preoperative trial of monovision or history of monovision experience. The STAR S4 IR Eximer Laser System and iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System iDesign Refractive Studio is indicated for wavefront-guided laser-assisted in situ keratomaloysis LASIK in patients with hyperopia with and without astigmatism as measured by iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System iDesign Refractive Studio up to plus 4.0 diopters spherical equivalent with up to 2.0 diopter cylinder. With mixed astigmatism as measured by iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System iDesign Refractive Studio where the magnitude of cylinder 1.0 diopter to 5.0 diopters is greater than the magnitude of sphere, and the cylinder and sphere have opposite signs, with myopia as measured by iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System, iDesign Refractive Studio, up to minus 11.0 diopters spherical equivalent, with up to minus 5.0 diopter cylinder, with agreement between manifest refraction, adjusted for optical infinity, and iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System, iDesign Refractive Studio refraction, as follows. Spherical equivalent, magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopters, cylinder, magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.5 diopters. 18 years of age or older, and with refractive stability, a change of less than or equal to 1.0 diopter in sphere or cylinder for a minimum of 12 months prior to surgery. Contraindications. Wavefront-guided LASIK surgery is contraindicated in patients with collagen vascular autoimmune or immunodeficiency diseases, in pregnant or nursing women, in patients with corneal abnormalities including signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, epithelial basement membrane disease, EBMD, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea, in patients with symptoms of significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, LASIK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. Severe eye dryness may delay healing of the flap or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after LASIK. In patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma. In patients with advanced glaucoma, in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of more than plus 0.5 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. In patients taking medications with ocular side effects. Examples are isotretinone, Accutane for acne treatment, or amiodarone, hydrochloride, cordarone for normalizing heart rhythm. 
Warnings and precautions. Wavefront guided LASIK is not recommended in patients who have systemic diseases likely to affect wound healing, such as autoimmune connective tissue disease, diabetes, or an immunocompromised status, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have severe allergies or tendency to rub their eyes often, have glaucoma, elevated IOP, ocular hypertension, or being followed for possible glaucoma, glaucoma suspect, are taking the medication isotretinoin, Accutane, are taking anti-metabolites for any medical conditions. To reduce the risk of corneal ectasia, the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma should not be violated. Please refer to the operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events. Prior clinical study of monovision LASIK using the WaveScan Wavefront system abirometer supports the safety and effectiveness of eye design driven monovision LASIK treatment. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wavefront-guided monovision in presbyopic patients with low to moderate myopia and wavefront-guided myopic astigmatism, myopia, mixed astigmatism, and hyperopia. Indications and important safety information for the STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and the eye design refractive studio for wavefront-guided photorefractive keratectomy, PRK. Indications. The STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio is indicated for wavefront-guided photorefractive keratectomy, PRK, in patients with myopia with or without astigmatism as measured by iDesign Refractive Studio system with spherical equivalent up to minus 8.0 diopter and cylinder up to minus 3.0 diopters with agreement between manifest refraction adjusted for optical infinity and iDesign Refractive Studio system refraction as follows. Spherical equivalent. Magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopter. Cylinder. Magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.5 diopter in patients 18 years of age or older with refractive stability, a change of less than or equal to 1.0 diopter in manifest refraction spherical equivalent for a minimum of 12 months prior to surgery, and with wavefront capture diameter of at least 4 millimeters. Contraindications. Eye design system driven PRK surgery is contraindicated in patients with any type of active connective tissue disease or autoimmune disease in patients with signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea in patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with active eye infection or active inflammation, in patients with recent herpes eye infection or problems resulting from past infection, in patients with significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, PRK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. Severe eye dryness may delay healing or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after PRK. Warnings and precautions. Eye design system driven PRK is not recommended in patients that have systemic diseases that may affect wound healing such as controlled autoimmune or connective tissue disease or controlled diabetes, have an immunocompromised status, or take medications that may result in a weakened immune system such as anti-metabolites for any medical conditions or affect wound healing such as isotretinoin, accutane, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have glaucoma, in patients with a cardiac pacemaker, implanted defibrillator, or other implanted electronic device, have mild to moderate dry eye, have decreased vision in one eye, example, amblyopia. Surgeons are reminded that they should instruct the patient to fixate on the patient fixation LED during surgery with or without the use of the active track system. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events, please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wavefront-guided PRK patients with myopia and myopic astigmatism. Contraindications. Eye design system driven PRK surgery is contraindicated in patients with any type of active connective tissue disease or autoimmune disease, in patients with signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea, in patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma, in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with active eye infection or active inflammation, in patients with recent herpes eye infection or problems resulting from past infection, in patients with significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, PRK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. 
Severe eye dryness may delay healing or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after PRK. Warnings and precautions. Eye design system driven PRK is not recommended in patients that have systemic diseases that may affect wound healing, such as controlled autoimmune or connective tissue disease or controlled diabetes, have an immunocompromised status or take medications that may result in a weakened immune system, such as anti-metabolites or any medical conditions or affect wound healing, such as isotretinoin, Accutane, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have glaucoma in patients with a cardiac pacemaker, implanted defibrillator or other implanted electronic device, have mild to moderate dry eye, have decreased vision in one eye, example amblyopia, Surgeons are reminded that they should instruct the patient to fixate on the patient fixation LED during surgery with or without the use of the active track system. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events, please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wavefront-guided PRK patients with myopia and myopic astigmatism. STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and the WaveScan wavefront system. Indications, the STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and WaveScan wavefront system are approved to perform wavefront-guided laser-assisted in situ keratomyelitis treatments for the reduction or elimination of low to moderate myopic astigmatism up to minus 6.0 diopter MRSE with cylinder between 0.0 diopter and minus 3.0 diopter in patients 21 years of age or older and in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 0.5 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. High myopic astigmatism from minus 6.0 diopter to minus 11.0 diopter MRSE with cylinder between 0.0 diopter and minus 3.0 diopter in patients 21 years of age or older and in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 1.0 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. Hyperopic astigmatism of 2, 3.0 diopter MRSE with cylinder between 0.0 diopter and 2.0 diopter in patients 21 years of age or older and in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 1.0 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. Naturally occurring mixed astigmatism when the magnitude of cylinder from 1.0 diopter to 5.0 diopter is greater than the magnitude of sphere and the cylinder and sphere have opposite signs in patients 21 years of age or older and in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 0.5 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. Contraindications. Wavefront-guided LASIK is contraindicated in patients with collagen vascular autoimmune or immunodeficiency disease, signs of keratoconus or abnormal corneal topography, patients taking isotretinoin, accutane, and or amiodarone hydrochloride, corderone, or who are pregnant or nursing. Warnings. Wavefront-guided LASIK is not recommended in patients who have diabetes, a history of herpes simplex, or herpes zoster keratitis, significant dry eye that is unresponsive to treatment, or severe allergies. Lower uncorrected visual acuity may be anticipated in the treatment of higher degrees of myopia with and without astigmatism, greater than minus 5.0 diopter MRSC. Precautions. The safety and effectiveness of wavefront-guided LASIK surgery has only been established with an optical zone of 6 millimeters and an ablation zone of 8 millimeters for myopic astigmatism, and an optical zone of 6 millimeters and an ablation zone of 9 millimeters for hyperopic and mixed astigmatism. Long-term risks of wavefront-guided LASIK beyond 12 months have not been studied. Although the WaveScan wavefront system measures the refractive error and wavefront aberrations of the human eyes, including myopia, hyperopia, astigmatism, coma, spherical aberration, trefoil, and other higher order aberrations through six order. In the clinical studies for low to moderate myopic astigmatism, hyperopic astigmatism, and mixed astigmatism, the average higher order aberration did not decrease after custom view treatment. In the clinical in the clinical studies for high myopic astigmatism, the average higher order aberration increased after custom view treatment. It is possible after wavefront-guided LASIK treatment that patients will find it more difficult than usual to see in conditions such as very dim light, rain, snow, fog, or glare from bright lights at night. Visual performance possibly could be worsened by large pupil sizes or decentered pupils. Dry eye may develop post-surgery. 
Adverse events. Low to moderate myopic astigmatism. The following adverse events or complications occurred in at least 1% of the 351 eyes post-treatment. Inflammation of the cornea under the flap, 1.4%. Double or ghost images, 1.4%. And scratch on the surface of the eye, 1.4%. The following subjective symptoms, rated often or always, were increased in frequency post-treatment in 258 eyes compared with pre-treatment in 332 eyes. Dryness, 9% versus 6%. Fluctuation of vision, 3% versus 2%. Glare, 4% versus 2%. And halo, 7% versus 5%. High myopic astigmatism. The following adverse events are complicated occurred in at least 1% of the 184 eyes post-treatment. Cells growing under the flap, 1.1%. Scratch on the surface of the eye at one month or later, 2.2%. Post-operative swelling of the cornea between one week and one month, 2.7%. And double or ghost images in the operative eye, 6.0%. The following subjective symptoms were reported at present, often or always, by a higher percentage of subjects post-treatment compared with pre-treatment dryness, 10.8% versus 9.3%. Halos, 21.6% versus 15.4%. And ghosting or shadowing of images, 2.8% versus 1.1%. Hyperopic astigmatism. The following adverse events or complications occurred in at least 1% of the 144 eyes post-treatment. Cells growing under the flap, 2.1%. Feeling of something in the eye, 1.4%. Double or ghost images, 11.3%. And scratch on the surface of the eye, 2.1%. The following subjective symptoms, rated often or always, were increased in frequency post-treatment in 131 eyes compared with pre-treatment in 136 eyes. Dryness, 17% versus 6%. Blurry vision, 10% versus 7%. Fluctuation of vision, 14% versus 6%. Halos, 10% versus 5%. And double or ghost images, 7% versus 3%. Mixed astigmatism. The following adverse events or complications occurred in at least 1% of the A6I's post-treatment. Miscreated flap, 1.2%. Cells growing under the flap, 4.7%. And double or ghost images in the operative eye, 8.1%. Following subjective symptoms were reported as present often or always by a higher percentage of subjects post-treatment compared with pre-treatment. Dryness, 22% versus 6%. And halos, 20% versus 13%. Caution. U.S. federal law restricts these devices to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in their calibration and operation and who has experience in surgical treatment and management of refractive errors.